0: Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast How They Love Mary, and also a crossover with the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I hope that this podcast will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. If the audio is a little different, it's because I'm recording this in person with two microphones, something that most of my interviews are not. Usually they're done via Uh, a telephone call transferred to my computer and then into the device that i record on so it might be a little echoey so please forgive that Uh, but i'm here today on location in agreda spain and i am speaking with sister patricia there are several sisters here but she happens to be the only one that speaks english i think and uh, so she has been tasked with uh, speaking with me today to share a little bit about one of the members of their community, the one who built the monastery that I just celebrated mass at, Sor Maria, or Venerable Maria of Agreda, who wrote the four-volume Mystical City of God. And so uh, I just want to talk a little bit about Sor Maria with Sister, and also about their order, the Conceptionist order uh, of the Immaculate Conception, a Franciscan order, And uh, so, Sister Patricia, thanks for this conversation today. Hi.
1: It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: So, Sister, could you just share maybe how you decided to be a sister here in Agreda? How you found this religious community?
1: Well, it it was a call of God. And and actually, he and the Virgin Mary uh, arranged everything to I can be here. before I came to the monastery, I was scientist. Uh, actually, I was working at Baylor uh, for three years. I, I'm Mexican from Guadalajara City, and I used to belong to the Catechon Way communities. Oh. Then when I went to work at Baylor, uh, I continued working in these communities over there. But the first thing that how I am here Uh, is in 1997, I passed through Agreda uh, in a pilgrim to Paris uh, to join with the uh, John Paul II meeting with the young people. So at that time, when I was here, uh, one family here in Agreda received me in their house. uh, And the day after, we celebrate mass here in the monastery. Uh, But at that time, I was working already, and I just thought, oh, it is a beautiful place. I will come back for vacation time. Uh, After here, we went to Lourdes in France. Uh, In that time, uh, even I, Mexican, and the Guadalupe Virgin, and in Guadalajara, the, the Virgin of Zapopan, are very celebrated. I was not uh, as Marian as the regular Mexican people, right because always I was thinking in the middle of the the of the virgin and hey, what is Jesus here no? um, but in Ur, uh, something happens uh, when I was in, in the group uh, I was praying praying uh, uh, to the virgin for. The very first time, because in the past I used to pray rosaries and everything, but really doing a deep prayer from heart to heart, it was there. So I asked to the Virgin uh, three things. One of them I don't remember, but the first one is that I I had uh, everything at that time: a good job, a good uh, family relationship, uh, good friends. Everything, a guy in my life, uh, and then I asked. But at the same time, I I felt something is was uh, empty in my life. So I asked to the Virgin to show me what it was this way that I I should uh, take or what what should I do in my life now. And then the second thing is uh, I asked her to, to teach me to love Jesus as she, she did. And after some years, after well, like seven years after, uh, I went to work to Houston. And the catechist over there uh, asked me if I wanted to do uh, Oh, an experience in, in a monastery, so they they asked me if, if, if this monastery can be everywhere. You okay? Why not? But in that time, it was not in my mind to be to be uh, uh, a nun. So, but I just came here. I she only gave me the phone number. Uh, I just called to the monastery. They told me the sisters. Uh, okay, we are in Agreda, you and then I, I remember that Agreda was the place that I was here in seven years before. So well, maybe this it is some some kind of God. Uh, I used to call. I would. I don't know how to say in English, but in Spanish is diocesencia.
0: Oh, sure, sure. So we would say God incident or a coincidence, you know, God Mm -hmm. uh, intervened there. Well, one of the things you said, you went to Lourdes, to Lourdes, and uh, that's a place of Marian apparition, St. Bernadette. You prayed there. And here this monastery is dedicated to the Immaculate Conception or your order is. So they're having that profound experience and then being drawn into the life of a monastery, of an order, dedicated to the Immaculate Conception. So uh, there's something there that's very special, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. I realized that uh, one year after I came back to the monastery. <laughs> because...
0: And how many years have you been here?
1: Uh, I have been for 16 years 16
0: now. years. Mm-hmm. Wow, well, very good. And you mm-hmm. are a religious community. So right now you are speaking to me. There is bars. So there's, this is a little different than like a poor Claire Cullatine monastery because they, that's really a great, I think. And so mm-hmm. you can't shuffle things, but my <laughs> microphone's uh, through, through your side there, but you're separated from the world. And yes. so you're cloistered mm-hmm. and you really only leave to go to the doctor or for some special reason, okay. you would leave the monastery. And you are ju- you are drawn to that type of a life, to being a cloistered sister. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. And does your family come and visit you here?
1: Uh, m- only my my parents. Uh, they have been here for three years, my three times, three times. And my father just passed away this oh. year. So, but
0: only eternal rest yeah. for him. Yeah. And. Uh, you write your family do you write people send mail
1: uh, yes um now we use the phone uh, sure you could call. call that's nice and now with the technology i can see them through, oh, the, sure. through the
0: phone well you can use all that so that's wonderful yeah it was interesting last night i was communicating with mother Viani, and uh she said here is my whatsapp number for you to text me or whatever so that I could communicate with her about coming uh, today and making all of those arrangements. Uh, We're here in Agreda. You passed through Agreda. That's how you found this monastery many years ago. And Venerable Maria of Agreda is a very important figure uh, who wrote four volumes uh, of the life of Jesus and Mary called The Mystical City of God. In some books about blessed about the Blessed Virgin Mary, it says that she was one of the great women of the seventeenth century. So, who is Sor Maria for you and for this community?
1: Well, actually, she is our spiritual teacher, and he is our mother also in our life. After the Virgin Mary, she is the one who teaches how to lead this this life how to follow Jesus through Virgin Mary, and how to to pray, how to be a sister of my sisters, and as a Franciscan, how to be mother of our sisters also, and how to pray for all the people, and how to have all the people in our hearts, all the places in our hearts, and how to have that love of the of the people to get the salvation through Jesus and through Mary.
0: One of the interesting things I found about the life of Sor Maria was that her family all entered religious life. So here she was, this young girl growing up in maybe Soria, uh, Spain or whatever. And she and her parents then, they say at some point, I wanna go be a religious. So her father goes off and becomes a religious, and then they found a monastery in their home, is that right, in La Casa? Yes,
1: yes. Uh, Actually, the the one who had the inspiration to make the monastery, it was her mother. Her mother, uh, close to here, uh, there was a Franciscan uh, monastery of friars, and her confessor was Franciscan all the family were very close to the Franciscan uh, her two brothers were Franciscan already before they founded the monastery and when the mother uh, got the inspiration uh, she told to the father and they were agreed to build this uh, the monastery and they, and they went to the Franciscans uh, to arrange everything and her mother, her sister, and Sister Maria uh, founded the first community with three nuns coming from Burgos. Uh, they, they were to, to get them in the Immaculate Conception Order. It's the original name of our order, but we are uh, well known as a Franc- Franciscan Conceptionists.
0: And your order was founded by Blessed Beatrice, uh, and I've seen it written B-E-A-T-R-I-Z. I even saw a statue of her in Fatima, in which she had this star on her head, but she was the founder. So what what year was your community founded?
1: Uh, uh, our community was founded in 1619, uh, our okay, community, sure. and our order was founded in the first community in 1492 okay. and um, accepted as an order in uh, 1511.
0: And then, Sor Maria was elected the abbess of the monastery at a very young age, at the age of 25. And then she went on to have kind of this inspired life in which she wrote these four volumes of the mystical city of God, now it 's my understanding she didn't really have apparitions of the Blessed Mother like it wasn't like Bernadette and Mary speaking to Bernadette, but it was more interlocutions is that right more from her own prayer and meditation
1: yeah, yeah actually uh, uh, they're all, all her writing uh, were uh, She wrote uh, under uh, praying, praying before the Virgin. Mm. And since she was child, she got the contemplative uh, praying gift from God. Uh, And she loved loved God first. He loved Jesus. At the age of uh, eight years, uh, she did um, uh, I'm trying to say the voto um, de castidad.
0: Voto de castidad?
1: Uh-huh. Vow uh-huh. of oh, chastity, chastity. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I'll like Bob. a, uh-huh.
0: yes, a vow. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yep, uh-huh. yep. uh
1: Yeah, uh, In a Christmas day, at age of eight yeah. years. And Una promesa de la de, castidad. De castidad. Mm-hmm. Sí, sí. Yeah. And all her, uh, her life was close to the Franciscans and she loved the Virgin. So he uh, was like a, the life of the Virgin very inner of her, deeper and deeper. And she uh, maybe one of the things that uh, she, she felt the love of God and she was thinking, if, if God does this with me, what did with the Virgin? Yeah. You know, And then uh, uh, that love uh, to her, to all the mystical inspiration, because it was an inspiration through the Virgin, and, and also it was a gift of God. Because uh, in the mystical city of God, you can read how, how she, the Virgin gave her the order to write her life, mm-hmm. uh, but actually, uh, the, this life, it was written not for everything, but that time it was for her nuns, for the community, for her sisters, sure. because uh, she was trying to teach uh, how to how to live the life following Jesus through the Virgin. Right, that was the origin of the of this book, yes. and. After the time, this book uh, became the main book uh, who was uh, read in all the monasteries of all kinds of orders. During the time that it was not allowed to read the Bible, uh, this book uh, um, was, uh, was written in, oh, I don't remember how to say, Alimentar the uh, Spiritual Life.
0: Oh. Uh. Yeah. Yep. it was the, ma- the main book
1: for the spiritual life of the monasteries uh, not only the Franciscan ones the all kind of monasteries and the Virgin Mary so we have here the sculpture uh, in what she was uh, praying before we call the Virgin of the History because oh, sure. you you will be able to see this
0: Yeah, well beautiful <laughs> and um, yeah, The Mystical City of God is written in four volumes. I'm currently reading it. I'm one and a half volumes through it and leading, uh, you know, 500, a 1,000 people in this uh, uh, devotion of reading it and reflecting on it day after day. And in your monastery, sometimes, like when I visit a Benedictine monastery, for example, when they have lunch... They might read from a spiritual Mm -hmm. book, or they might Mm -hmm. read from their rule of life. Mm -hmm. Do the nuns here read the Mystical City of God on a daily basis?
1: During the main dinner, and and, um, or also or yeah, or constitution or own life uh, books, and also the Mystical City of God.
0: Well, beautiful, and uh, so you've read it in its entirety. I take it.
1: Yeah, yes. But uh, the main thing that uh, how we read the mystical city of God is by liturgical time.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So right now you would be reading. We're recording in the octave of Easter. So you're reading about the resurrection of Jesus.
1: During the Lent time, we used to read all the the previous to the Passion uh, chapters. And uh, on Holy Week, we read the Passion. Actually, if you if you saw The, the Passion of...
0: Uh, the Passion the, of the Christ by mm-hmm. Mel Gibson. Yes. yes.
1: And, the, and the, uh, he took The Mystical City of God as the book to, to do the...
0: Yeah. He, yeah, and I know that he was also influenced by Venerable Anne Catherine think, Emmerich. So yeah. both of them. I didn't realize that The Mystical City of God had a role to play in the Mel Gibson film. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Sor Maria is said to have bi-located to the United Mm -hmm. States that there were these Humano-Indians in San Angelo, Texas. And I've actually been to San Angelo. I participated in a conference in honor of Sor Maria. They unveiled a beautiful statue along the waterway there. Maybe it's not a waterway, but in a nice park. They unveiled this statue, and she also bilocated supposedly to uh, New Mexico, uh, and teaching the Native people. And my understanding is, is the missionaries came, and they were going to instruct the Native people, the Indians, and they already knew the faith. And they said, well, how do you know about the faith? And they said, well, the lady in blue taught us. And so I'm just wondering, what does your monastery make of these bilocations? Do you do you think they're true? Did she really bilocate? Uh,
1: yeah, that is true. So in in her autobiography, uh, she wrote, and these things, and I think that is the fir- the only person who wrote about about her bilocations. Yeah, she wrote about
0: it in her. So there's another work, her own life story. She wrote Mm -hmm. about these. So Uh she testifies to them, and then we have the story. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's great. Yeah, I haven't read her autobiography, so I was just curious about that. So, well, that's a a miraculous thing uh, to think about. Yeah, but
1: it was a gift for God because he was very worried uh, when when she saw when she was shy. She saw um, um, a play about the, American, the discovery of Americans. So the first thing that she thought, it was who will teach them about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it was in her heart all her life. Uh, one time, uh, she wrote that uh, after get the communion, uh, God uh, asked her, to evangelize that that, that place.
0: And with all of these insights Mm -hmm. that she gained as she wrote The Mystical City of God, she was able to share it with them in the story of our salvation, the story of Jesus and how he becomes incarnate of the Virgin Mary. And uh, maybe just lastly, she's called Venerable Maria of Agreda and, and so That means that she has a cause open for sainthood. Now she lived back in the 1600s, so somebody would expect her to be a saint already. And there was controversy over her life in a sense. Um, Some of the inquisitors questioned her and um, they kind of didn't like the mystical city of God and so they tried to squash it or whatever, but that was rescinded and it's read widely now as you mentioned, and so Do you think this cause for canonization to call her Saint Maria of Agreda? Do you think it'll ever happen?
1: Yeah, uh, I think that yes, but the time is of God. Sure. Yeah, everything uh, has its hour, as Jesus said.
0: Right. Yeah. As I read the mystical city of God in this podcast every day for an entire year and hundreds of hundreds of people are following along and listening i see that as a sense of people are curious they're growing in their devotion every day we say a prayer thanking god for the life of maria of agrada so there is devotion and if you go to san angelo texas that again that statue of Our maria says the people love her and so i hope so too that one day she'll be a saint
1: Yes, but one, one of, the, of the amazing things is that she continues evangelization because through her book, her book, and actually here we used to, to edit her, her book, The Mystical City of mm-hmm. God, and actually now it's running away, so we have to print it again. So it was required, but all over the world. Uh, there are many people groups pilgrims coming from all over the world uh, people uh, calling us from all over the world uh, pilgrims coming and and also many praying groups uh, who take the mystical city of God, uh, mystical city of God as as uh, their book for praying and Many, I think that uh, she continues now. We have the testimony of many people who were not Catholics that became Catholics recently reading this book. Oh, wow. Uh, I think that she continues.
0: Yeah. She continues her life of teaching that she began with the Humano people, with the sisters here in Agreda. And now for all of us, as we read those pages of the mystical city of God, she's buried. She, her tomb is in the church here in Agrida. Uh, is she incorrupt? Yes. Okay. Her so body is there. Her <laughs> incorrupt body is there. And, and I was able to pray there and you could see her hand. And I'm like, well, that's not bone. That must be a sign that she is incorrupt. And so indeed that is true. So what a blessing. Again, God showing his marvels. God allowing her to locate. God allowing her body to be incorruptible. So how many sisters are here in the monastery today? Uh,
1: today we are 12. 12. 12 sisters.
0: And how many sisters could you accommodate if God blessed you with an abundance of individuals wanting to be nuns? Is there a certain number uh, that you can mm. have, like 20? Mm. or?
1: No there's no there's not a, actually our, our places in the cars is uh, like thirteen, but now there are many space for uh, all women that wanted to come here. There is so many
0: space well, rooms
1: and place in the cars
0: Well, that's beautiful. well, sister Patricia. It's been such a blessing to speak with you. Your words that you shared about Sor Maria are going to be shared with hundreds or thousands of people now. So we're spreading devotion to Sor Maria. This has been a dream come true to me, to visit Agrada, to bring people the story of her, to pray at her tomb. And so I thank you. I thank Mother Aviani for... Uh, invite, yeah. for allowing me uh, this opportunity to be here.
1: Yeah, she, was, she didn't tell me about this interview. Oh. So, he was like, well, well, thank you for uh, allowing me to practice the English because...
0: <laughs> you did very good. Now, I told, I told my friend, I said, well, I hope she doesn't speak English like I speak Spanish. <laughs> and yeah. you speak English very well. Mas <laughs> mejor que mi español. Wow. <laughs> Well, thanks so much, sister.
1: You're very welcome. God
0: bless you. Thanks for listening to today's show. I hope that my conversation with today's guest was one that enriched you spiritually and also helped you to foster a deeper love for the Blessed Virgin Mary. If you enjoyed this podcast, could you do me a favor? Go over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the podcast so that others might find it as a recommended podcast from other Catholic podcasts that they might listen to. And if you don't mind, share about the show on social media so that your friends and family might come to find it and be enriched by our conversations as well. And if you don't mind, you can follow me on social media at FR Edward Looney on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And this show, How They Love Mary, will soon be a book available from Sophia Institute Press. You can already go over to their website and pre-order How They Love Mary. Thanks so much for listening. May God bless you today. Know of my prayers for you. And may Mary pray for you today and always.